On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we covered lots of new innovation from Microsoft Advertising. We talked about a new Google Tag Manager template library. Shep talked about why she will not be spending a night in a hot dog. And Greg spewed out a slew of Top Gun names for future algo updates. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shop. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on July 26, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. If you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Jess is once again out she for is. her baby production class. Much more PC. Yes. Good last job, week Greg. I learned I, I had it incorrectly stated the baby making class. It's <laughs> producing the baby. Yes. Taking the baby from beta into production. <laughs> that would be the technical term. Yes. And so I'm sure she enjoys that and we miss you, Jess. Hopefully you learn some things here. What do we have in the news shop this week? Yeah. So getting right into the news, we have huge news for Microsoft advertising. The platform formerly known as Bing. Yes. <laughs> this week, campaign experiments are finally available on the platform. That's awesome. Yep. It's great. So you're now able to make a duplicate version of your campaign and it provides you with a controlled experiment to monitor a change without fully launching it across your whole campaign, running a true A-B test just like you can in Google campaign experiments. And Google campaign experiments are life-saving. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it allows you to, to split test many different attributes, and you can here as well with Microsoft Advertising, right? Yes, you can. Um, one difference they have from Google Ads, though, is that you do not use drafts on Microsoft Advertising. And hot take, the draft system is very confusing. It what do is. you think about Google Ads drafts? It's confusing, but there's. I'll get into later why okay. I kind of miss the drafts here. Okay. You're able to set up experiments in the Experiments tab, and then once it's created, you can make your changes to the new experiment that you've created. That sounds great, right, Greg? Yes, that sounds great. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> okay. Why, why am I wrong? So one issue that they have here is that they recommend that you run an AA test, meaning you make no changes to the experiment for two weeks. An AA test. Yes, instead of AB. So Microsoft said this will allow time for the experiment campaign to ramp up and help validate that it's running the same as the original campaign so that you can run a true A-B test after two weeks. That sounds A-annoying is what it sounds like to me. (laughs) It's super annoying. So you have this great idea that you want to test and then you have to wait two weeks to do it. That, that, That is ridiculous. Yeah. Why not just get it running off the bat? I don't know. And then two weeks, if something is statistically significant, and there's a lot of volume. I don't care about a two-week time frame. That's arbitrary. Mm-hmm. I don't care about two weeks. I don't either. So. <laughs> and what's even more annoying is um, if you want to test any automated bidding strategies, you know you have to have 15 conversions in the last 30 days. So for your test, your experiment campaign, you have to have 15 conversions in that campaign. In the and, AA test. Yeah. Oh, great. So you could kind of cheat the system and apply the new bidding strategy to your original campaign, but it's going to mess up reporting. This just doesn't seem as nice as I was hoping it would be from the headline. Well, I like the fact that there's no drafts and you can set something Mm -hmm. up and then get going into it. 
And you just don't listen to the two-week thing. <laughs> That's I just, what I say. Yeah. Again, do it at your... I would test everything on your own. Don't take any advice from us on anything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if something is statistically significant, you have to go with the data and not with some random variable of time. Mm-hmm. Again, if you've got a million clicks and... 100,000 conversions, that's more than enough data to make decisions. So yeah, go the, do the, what the data says. The two-week thing kind of sounds like how they recommend you don't eat raw cookie dough out of the packet. Wait, though. you're not supposed to do that? Yeah, I'm just, you're Uh-oh. not, apparently. I'm not, I can see myself not listening to that, so. That's the whole point of raw cookie, cookie dough <laughs> at the store. You know, if you really want to make cookies, it's not that hard to make cookie dough. I agree. You just have some flour and sugar and some chocolate chips or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not hard to make cookie dough. You only have cookie dough at the store because you want to eat it. Yeah, to eat it out of the fridge. Okay. All right. So let's keep it on Microsoft Advertising. The platform formerly known as Bing Ads. And there are changes coming to dynamic search ads, a.k.a. DSAs. And if you use DSAs, this news is for you. So first off, let's talk about who should be using DSAs. And there's really two segments that I think of folks that should be using DSAs. One, huge retailers, Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of products, can't go through and manually update things all the time, and it's a dynamic library of products, where this makes a really good solution for a tricky problem of having all these different products out there. The second (laughs) group of folks that use DSAs are bad marketers. Shots fired. If you're terrible (laughs) advertisers, DSAs are for you because you don't need keywords, you don't even need ad titles. You just say, here is my list, and off we go. If you're a bad advertiser or if you've got a huge library, check out DSAs. Um, One note, DSAs currently on Microsoft Advertising are only for the U.S., the U.K., France, Germany, Canada, and Australia. And these changes are also only for those territories. So with these changes... It's frankly going to be better. You're going to get another line of a description. And so you don't have control over the title of these ads when it's a dynamic search ad, but at least you're going to have a new line for two descriptions. Um, So that's a a big positive. You can talk about the the company, whatever you feel like doing, and then automate the rest with your lack of keywords and ad titles. Um, Another thing you can do is you can have now those are going to be up to 90 characters, and the ad titles are going to be longer. So if you're using DSAs, don't forget to add that second description in there and then look at the performance. Probably annotate that as well to say, hey, now we've got longer ad titles. But overall, for those very, very small percentage of folks using DSAs the right way, this is good news for Microsoft Advertising. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of bad advertisers are listening to our podcast. So huge retailers, this is for you. Also in the news this week, changes are coming to Facebook newsfeed ads that will be applied on August 19th. So the first change is Facebook ads will show three lines of text on mobile instead of seven that could previously show. That's, that's a, a big difference. That's a big difference. And one caveat here is that users will be able to click a button to see more of the text. So if it's being truncated, they can click to expand it. Um, and another thing that's unclear is if clicking to read more will be tracked as engagement and maybe we could use this as remarketing. That would be nice. And then the second change is photos and videos will have a four or five aspect ratio at most compared to the previous two, three ratio. Shep, I didn't even think about that until you said that. If you're paying for engagements and clicking to see more is an engagement, Facebook's going to make a lot more yeah. money. That's brilliant. Yeah, for, for them. them. <laughs> Not for us. It's terrible for us. Yeah, but maybe, I guess if you weren't paying for it, you probably wouldn't be able to remarket from it. So there's probably no 
when they're really... Right, and we don't know this exactly. Right. We're going to get to it in a minute as to why we don't know this. So back to the photo changes. These will go into place on August 19th, as I said before, and it will automatically crop your images at that time. It's a little scary. I don't like that. No, I don't either. These moves come as Facebook ads becomes more expensive, especially in the newsfeed, and more advertisers join Facebook. The company recently touted its new milestone of supporting 7 million active advertisers. As we alluded to before, marketers are frustrated with these changes, and what makes it even more frustrating is that we didn't hear about it from Facebook. We heard about it from Twitter. Twitter, like the actual <laughs> company Twitter, or people on Twitter? No, just people on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> so who, who broke this this news that again it was confirmed by multiple locations yeah. while reporting on it so first the first place we saw it was from susan wanagrad on twitter from aim clear and she broke shout the, out duluth minnesota <laughs> yep and then she broke the news via twitter and it was later confirmed by david herman from herman digital on his twitter okay and i checked that confirmation and i like the addition of a little bit of spice from david yeah love so, the gifts Yes, and so he had a bunch of GIFs, and then he also said, if you can't explain your copy in the first two sentences, WTF are you doing anyway? Yeah. That was a good point. Seriously. You don't need seven lines. Your Google Ads headlines would fit in here. You could just kind of adapt them for the platform and make it work somehow. I'm sure we can do it. And there's still no official statement from Facebook on this. We've all just been talking about it all week, and they've been silent so far. Well, we did get an official statement from the maestro of Google Tag Manager, Simo Ahava, who has launched the GTM Templates Library. And Simo, if you know GTM or Google Tag Manager at all... You, you know Simo. You know Simo. Everybody <laughs> knows Simo. And he's got a new hobby project. What a hobby is to Simo is absolutely news to the entire marketing world. Mm -hmm. And earlier this year... Google Tag Manager came out with custom templates, and Simo has made a repository, a library, to help marketers build and collaborate together and share in these templates that you can use within Google Tag Manager. It's an open-source, community-driven user interface for sharing and downloading these templates. Each of the templates added have details, the permissions used, and reviews of said template. So, for example... If you didn't want to have to use a custom HTML template within Tag Manager, Simo has the Facebook Pixel template that you can use within Tag Manager. It's an unofficial template for the Facebook Pixel, he says, and he made that one, I think. Another one is, if you want some help with a LinkedIn event, there's now a template for you to just copy in from there and use that in your Tag Manager. So this is really awesome Everything Simo does is the best in yeah. Tag Manager, and we really appreciate that. Check that out. The URL that he's got for that is gtmtemplates.com. Yeah, Simo's out here saving lives left and right. Yeah, even his URLs are great. gtmtemplates.com. He probably just owned that <laughs> the minute that he yeah. fired up Tag Manager for the first time. Can't wait to check that out. Okay, now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. This week's take comes from Amalia Fowler on Twitter, Amalia E. Fowler. And we've got kind of a, just a, a tweet conversation. So are you up for a dramatic reading? of? I've the... waited my whole life for this moment. Okay. <laughs> I will begin then. You're Amalia, and I'll be the rest of the conversation. How I was born to play the role of Amalia. 
you'll be very fitting for this. You'll do her proud. <laughs> okay. So this was during the PPC chat this past Tuesday. And if you don't know PPC chat, check it out. It's noon Eastern Standard Time on Twitter, hashtag PPC chat. So it started out from an answer. Or I, I, we'll do a dramatic reading. Okay. So I'll, I'll go and I'll state the, the handle of the user and then everything else afterwards. At Neptune Moon, answer seven. That you can't try PPC and highly competitive industry without an adequate budget and a timeline of longer than one month. Also, seasonality impacts more businesses than you'd think at first glance. Hashtag PPC chat. At Amalia E. Fowler. Also, that high CPCs are a real thing. I'm not making up that your average cost per click is going to be $14 to $17. Competition is tough in some industries. Hashtag PPC chat. At Timothy J. Jensen. On that note, it's important for businesses to realize that PPC is more than just search. Hashtag PPC chat at Stephanie Earn, or that your CPCs are never going to be as low again as they were five to ten years ago. Hashtag PPC chat. And here comes the take at Amalia E. Fowler. This. I have clients who have had the same budget for four years and are wondering why it's not working as well anymore. You were ahead of the curve in your industry. Now people have caught up. Increase in competition for similar searches. I am not a magician. Hashtag PPC chat. Well said, Amalia. Congrats on the take of the week. A funny thing, too, I've got some friends that are electricians, and their favorite saying is, I'm an electrician, not a magician. <laughs> so that's the first thing I thought of. But also the fact that, yes, things rise. And I don't know about the 14 to 17 range. I would tend to agree. But, man, that's a great take. And I'm actually going to share this with, with clients who keep asking why things aren't the same. And it's, it's so much more competitive. Mm -hmm. um, all right. And so that brings us to this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and Greg covers the organic or non-paid. Here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up, there's been a lot of discussion this week about Google ads labels. As we know, back in May, Google switched from showing a green ad label in the search results to a black ad label in their text ads. And you're being generous with the term ad label. It's ad text. It's, it's literally the word ad in its bolded. It's not a label. <laughs> I mean, it, you might say by the FTC rules it's a label, but it is two letters. There's no outline or anything. This is the paid section. Stop being down on this paid. Is, this is what I do. <laughs> this is what I do. This is good for paid. Well, possibly. But people have recently reported seeing the green ad label back in the wild. Barry Schwartz from Search Engine Roundtable tweeted about this, wondering if perhaps Google was testing the green labels again. But Danny Sullivan from Google on his at Danny Sullivan account replied saying, I checked. It's not a test. With these types of changes, we sometimes don't roll out a tiny percentage for some last metrics gathering. That's what's happening here. I expect it'll be complete in the coming weeks. So here it seems that um, this was just a bug and we'll be sticking with the black labels whether we like it or not. <laughs> it's like the Sneetches. You ever read that book? It's <laughs> no. a great book. Oh, it's the Dr. The Seuss book. one? Yes. It's not called the Sneetches. What is it called? It's, um, it's, the Lorax, right? No, no. That's a good book too. That's the second best book. Sneetches is the best book. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. There's a star making machine. Oh, I thought that was the Lorax. No. no the Lorax is a tree cutting machine. Okay. Lots of machines in the Dr. Seuss books. But good messages. And then Dr. Seuss, I'm going to go off on this diatribe here. He's got these books that are 
top of the line best kid books, mm-hmm. and then he's got absolute stinkers. He's got things like oh the places you'll go. That's a good one, right? Great, okay. great one. Okay. And he follows it up with oh the things you will think, or the <laughs> things you will think, or something like that. Maybe the worst kids book ever. Oh, terrible. Hot take. Yes, and then he just rhymes words. I've done this before. <laughs> But the fact that and he, then he'll make up words to rhyme that aren't real words. Yeah, yeah, he can't figure out a rhyme, so he makes it up. But the Sneetches, check it out. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. So yeah, let's get going with some paid news here, Shep. Okay, I'll keep it going. So next in paid, Pinterest introduced mobile ad tools, allowing businesses to easily create and manage Pinterest ad campaigns on mobile devices. From the Pinterest app, advertisers will be able to do more than just find recipes. This sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be able to make ads on the go that's what it i don't says. like the ads on the go and it's from the actual it's not like a pinterest ads app it's the pinterest app so you're in there looking yeah. for your recipes and then press oh. another button and you're making an ad you know what i'm checking out the shopping line yeah there's one person ahead of me let's fire up some pinterest ads sounds like a great idea no it doesn't <laughs> So advertisers will be able to create campaigns, adjust budgets and targeting, pause ads, and edit destination URLs. And they'll also be able to monitor spend, remaining campaign duration, impressions, clicks, click-through rate, and saves. I, I would like it a little bit more if they had an actual Pinterest ads app. but I, I get the fact that it's nice and it's easy and it's very nice for Pinterest. But if you can't take the time to sit down and think through ad creation and you're having to make your ads on the go unless it's some event or something that's an anomaly you probably shouldn't be making ads yeah right if you need dsas as we talked about earlier to have ad titles be created you're probably not the right people to be doing ads go hire somebody i think it'll be nice to have the reporting tools though maybe you want to check that out. i'm a big mobile reporter as you know but not ad creation no And next in paid, YouTube masthead ads are now available to all advertisers. And these are premium ad placements at the top of the YouTube homepage. They're huge. And they're charged on a CPM basis. I hate the name masthead. I had to look up how to say it today. (laughs) Really? I think it's the biggest sale on a ship, Which is really bad because I'm a Navy child. You are? Yeah. It's the biggest sale on a ship. I learned that today. And the spinnaker sales and one on top kind of tells you where you're going. I didn't know it was masthead. Masthead. Yes. And I, now when I, I read it, I always think of a mastiff. A oh, jowly yeah. Dog. Those are big dogs. They are. Nice dogs, though. Big dogs, big ads. <laughs> I like that. That should be the new slogan. Yeah. You're hired. <laughs> oh, thanks. Google has already been testing these, but previously you could only use them if you paid for a full day takeover and there was no targeting available. That's intense. Sounds, it sounds very expensive. Yes, it, it is. I don't know what could be universally advertised that would be worth it besides like McDonald's or something. Maybe Burger King. Oh, maybe. But with the launch, Google is allowing targeting for the masthead campaigns, which will be very nice. And they also introduced a tool so you can preview what a masthead ad will look like with one of your videos. That's nice. Mm -hmm. And how's this for a headline? Fake followers and influencer marketing will cost brands $1.3 billion this year, according to a report from the cybersecurity company Check. It's fine for headline. (laughs) Were you asking me the question or no? Was it rhetorical? I guess it was rhetorical, but okay. I'm glad to get your input. It's fine. <laughs> so this report says that 15% of the $8.5 billion spent on influencer marketing this year will be wasted on fake followers and bots. I'm so, not a mathematician, but that seems like a lot. It's a lot. 
So advertisers are paying influencers to promote their products, but the influencers are paying their followers. Like, it just makes no sense. Trickle-down economics. Yeah, I'd love to see the breakdown of how much the influencers are actually making. And Check says the brands are using influencer marketing, need to vet their influencers to ensure they are legitimate, and that consumers should also be smart and question the legitimacy of influencers who are pitching them products. That's never going to happen. <laughs> Asking consumers to be smart and question things, that doesn't happen. That's not what advertising is for. I know, but I follow some people who I like know personally, and I feel like maybe they have a few hundred followers, and they're pitching products, and I feel like it's fake. Like, who's paying them? Beachbody? No. It's, Shakes? One was like an episode of a um, new show on Bravo. Bravo's, I think Bravo was not paying this girl. I think she wants to look like she's advertising so that other people will pay her in the future. And I don't think it's going to work out for her. Wow. Shots fired. Back at you. (laughs) The report also said that micro-influencers with around 10,000 followers can make $250 for a sponsored post. You know what, Shep? I can go the rest of my life without hearing the term micro-influencers anymore. (laughs) I'm done. Listen to this. Someone with a million followers can make $250,000 per post. That sounds like the life for me. Okay. I I should just go buy a million followers for probably $500, and then I can go make $250,000. That math, again, not a mathematician, but that seems to add up in my favor. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. There we go. That's what I'm doing right after this. (laughs) I'm going to become a micro-influencer. Yeah, and then you can Macro. Ooh. (laughs) That's where the money's at. And then you can quit your job and you'll never have to use Google Ads Editor again. But Perfect. Google Ads Editor 1.1 is out now. I want my job back. Can't quit. <laughs> <laughs> now I want my job back. New updates include Image Picker, allowing you to select previously used images or upload new ones for your display campaigns. That's awesome. I'm so excited about that. Mm-hmm. And Dark Mode, a dramatic new look designed to improve focus on content and overall viewing experience. Dark Mode is just bud approved. She's been using it. Because she's the queen of darkness. Okay, that's all for paid. Over to you, Greg. All right. This week in non-paid, we start with LinkedIn. There are some new features coming that will allow people to add about one's business on LinkedIn. So you can add services that are provided to show folks what you are trying to schlep on the B2B social network. The example used, you can see that I am currently providing services in accounting, tax preparation, bookkeeping, and personal tax planning. So you can tell people what you are offering to the LinkedIn world, which is great. Maybe some people stop messaging me direct, and I can just go check their profile and see what they're pushing this week. Um, In order to get this feature, if you are looking for more business, there is a wait list. We will link to it in the show notes at marketingclock.com. One thing I I took some umbrage with in this article was the fact that that LinkedIn said, that being said, we recognize that this traditional marketing strategy is changing and small businesses can and should take advantage of the new digital, quote, word of mouth conversation. That's not word of mouth. No, we need a new term for this. So I came up with a new term. Okay. To take advantage of extra visibility between friends and colleagues. Yeah. Say visibility. It's not word of mouth. Nobody's talking, actually talking. There's no mouths moving. It's fingers typing. <laughs> Tap of finger. That's what it should be. Tap of finger conversation. Tap of finger marketing. There we go. Okay, so check that out. Sign up for the wait list if you really want to go schlep some stuff. All right, next up is from Search Engine Land and Barry Schwartz, and he says, what's up with the unconfirmed Google search ranking updates in July? In July, has seen some unconfirmed search activity. We've seen some previous search activity, like the June core search update, be actually 
pre-released by Google, which is cool, and they said they were going to pre-release some things down the, down the road. But we've seen some unconfirmed search activity, and Brett Tabke of Webmaster World and PubCon has given it a name. And Shep, I've changed my tune to names for search algorithm updates. You have. Yes. At first, I wasn't in on the core, the June core 2019 search update. I got two of those, and I was over it. Mm -hmm. And Brett saved me and changed my mind with this update. And so the name he's given this update is the Maverick update. And he said the update was Maverick in honor of yesterday's Top Gun trailer release because the update looks a bit stealthy and precise. I like the Maverick update. I just like, now I'm back on the names. So I like the idea. I've never seen Top Gun personally. You've never seen Top Gun? I can't believe I haven't, but I haven't. Just a a quick update on this Maverick update. (laughs) Update the update. It seems like it's been more your money, your life, YMYL, content on the health side, on the sports side, even the gambling side. Um, But I think we should take all of our updates now from characters on Top Gun. Maverick is the, the... Protagonist. The only on one I know is Goose. Goose. That's another one. Imagine we had the Goose update. Yeah, that. It's nice. I feel like that sounds like a bad update. No, Penguin <laughs> was a fine update. That's a bird. Goose. That's well, good. Goose is like silly goose. Okay. Well, what about this Iceman update? Ooh. Viper. Jester. Cougar. Wolfman. Slider. Merlin. Sundown. Hollywood. These are all Top Gun characters. Stinger. Chipper. Yeah. These are all great <laughs> update names. This should just all be Top Gun updates. Even. I will even take the shirtless volleyball update. No problem with that. Okay. Yeah. I'm Interested now? I wish <laughs> I had seen Top Gun so I could get the reference. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep it your money, your life. And there is a new article from Barry Schwartz again, this time on Search Engine Roundtable. And the article is called Google. Your money, your life sites should have an expert to write the content. And there was a very informative conversation that occurred on a recent Webmaster Central office hours. Google's John Mueller came on and got a great question about your money, your life sites. And of course, it came from the one, the only friend of the podcast, Glenn Gabe, because he just has all the questions. Mm -hmm. He takes them all. Glenn's always got the good questions. Okay. And the initial question was, what do you do about older your money, your life content that could be improved on a site if basically a very strict content philosophy on experts and things like that. And they might've had some questionable content in the past. And so it started talking through that and the fact that you may want to remove that if it isn't accurate, if it isn't the best. And then it got into the fact of a follow-up question that talked about who should be writing the content essentially. And John had said, it makes sense for them to work with experts and put together some real expert content where it's clear to anyone who's reading those pages that actually this information is correct. And it's trustworthy. It's something that an expert has written or an expert has reviewed. And that saved me. Because I read the initial article. I'm like, you want an expert to write the content? I don't want a brain surgeon scrubbing out and hopping over on the keyboard yeah. and writing about brain surgery. You know, Just like I don't want a, a blogger to go in and cut <laughs> people's heads open with a scalpel. You know? I can think I'd, of one I'd have over the other. Yes. <laughs> But again, to review the content, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's something people generally don't think about. You you pay for content creators, 
And that also might make sense to say, hey, who went through and maybe you collaborate on something and somebody gives it their blessing and says, hey, I'm going to change this, this, and this. And then you can throw on, you know, again, Dr. Um, Zernheld on this and, you know, oh Greg Finn and Dr. Zernheld, something like that. So again, it doesn't, even though the title says you have an expert write the content, John said write or review. And I like that review aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I never thought of it before. Next up, TikTok is reportedly experimenting with a bunch of Instagram-like features from Gizmodo. And TikTok is thinking about a new Discover tab that they're testing out, as well as a grid-like format that would function similarly to the Explore feed that is currently on Instagram. Uh, and it will surface specific content by users into that grid-based feed. Also, and what I like the best here, is that TikTok is exploring a liked by creator tag on comments. So you're the creator, you can go through and say, boom, I like this, everybody can see it. And also, download numbers on videos. We talked about this last week and weeks prior. Instagram is moving away from, from showing numbers because they don't want to have people's feelings hurt. <laughs> TikTok doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> and so they want more numbers. And it will be interesting to see if that resonates. You know, hey, my video got this amount and you can't really flaunt that on Instagram. Maybe people try harder on TikTok. All right, next up. Get a quote button has been added to the Google Business Local Knowledge Panels. And Joy Hawkins, who sees everything on Google Local. She is basically the Adrian Wojnarowski. Do you know who that is? Woj? He breaks all the, the basketball news. Oh. Joy breaks all the local search news. They call them Wo Woj bombs when he breaks something big. We should call these Joy bombs. <laughs> so we got a Joy bomb <laughs> that is if there you have messaging enabled on your Google My Business, Joy has seen in the wild the fact that there are call to action buttons about getting a quote specifically. And you may start to see more inquiries coming in. Again, if you have messaging enabled on your Google My Business. So Joy has some instructions. We'll link to it and again in the show notes on how you can turn on that feature if you'd like to. Next up, we're going to keep it Google here and talk about Google Assistant as they now allow you to resume your podcast. So if you tell Google Assistant to resume playing your favorite podcast, a.k.a. Marketing Clock, Google Assistant will gladly do that for you. I thought you could already do this. I, I thought you said, hey, play this podcast, and it just plays again where you left off. I don't have Google Assistant, but I know it doesn't work on my Spotify between my desktop and my phone, okay. and it's very frustrating. That's the problem. It always says, I'll pull this up on Amazon Music, and then nothing happens. Because and then when talk. you're using it in the car, it's straight up dangerous. Wow. Because you got to fast forward, find where you left off. So I'd like this for Spotify, but... Okay. We'll give it a shot. <laughs> All right, next up. Pinterest is trying to help people's wellness by launching activities to help cope with stress and anxiety. And so Pinterest has some activities that are tailored to the millions of users searching the visual pinboard for emotional health and related topics. This is... Great. Mm -hmm. uh, I love anything about this. And this is my only concern is a lot of people actually try hard on this to help others and again, help alleviate the, the problems that people are facing. I just hope that what Pinterest is doing is greater than all the user generated content out there because people do some really great stuff. Mm -hmm. And so what I did is I was trying to see some of the queries that would get this to fire basically and see if I could, I could get it live. They said it's, it's going to be releasing here shortly. I couldn't get it to, to, to show up. And it, when I, one of the searches that it should show up for is something like stress quotes. 
And so when I searched for stress quotes, not only did I not see this new version, I got an ad. And again, I'm looking for stress quotes. Yeah. And so I see an ad for 11 side hustles for introverts who need extra cash. If I'm looking, if I'm stressed <laughs> out, I'm looking for a quote. I don't need you to tell me yeah. about getting more side hustles. So, hey, let's launch this and let's turn off ads for any of these stressful queries. How yeah. about that too? Free advice. That'd be nice. I don't need the introverts get more cash. Here's some side hustles. I did a quick search for it too. I also got ads. I don't remember what they were for. Okay. Well, I've got a, I've got a picture and we'll put it in the show notes here <laughs> because it's, it's egregious. But then I also found a video that was like telling you when to breathe in and breathe out to calm yourself down. It was kind of nice. All right. Well, some folks may be stressed out by owning their business and Amazon could help. In an article from the Wall Street Journal called Amazon Offers Sellers a Leg Up with a Catch, they break down in detail a new program that Amazon is offering independent merchants. Amazon will offer them marketing support, product reviews, which seems weird. That, that's right from the Wall Street Journal. And prominent display. But the catch is Amazon gets the right to purchase the brand at any time for a fixed price, often $10,000. All I could think of was Ariel signing the contract to give Ursula her voice. That was exactly what came to my mind, too. I'm sure it was. <laughs> but $10,000? That's crazy. It seems like it's just a ploy for Amazon to get people to do basic work mm -hmm. and then them take it over. Nobody in their right mind would start a brand that mattered and then sell it for $10,000. Sign your life away. All right. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't follow Ursula. And also if you're a parent, don't freely let your kids use Facebook <laughs> because a new Facebook design flaw let thousands of kids join chats with unauthorized users. And the verge reported this, that a bug let adults talk to to children, and these children were under the age of 13. And so adults were getting into the chat on Messenger, the kids' Messenger, and talking to kids under 13 due to a bug. That's not the best. That's terrible. And why is this happening? Who, in the right mind, is greenlighting the chat function for 13-year-olds, first off? I don't Who's like... Younger, 13 and under. 13 and under, yeah. So you're... Any, There's any no age, minimum. Yeah, my four-year-olds. Okay, good. Give them chat. Who greenlights it? Facebook is a big company. How is there not a department dedicated to bad ideas? <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, the, the, the 13 and under chat didn't make it past the bad ideas. And I think it said in the article it started in 2017. Like, how has this been around for so I long? Know. I don't know. I don't know, it is broken. But something that isn't broken is Google's, Google's missing reviews. And we talked about this a few weeks back. Some of the reviews had been gone missing. They're now back. So if you had some reviews disappear, that was just a bug, and hopefully you have those come back. All right, we're going to keep it on the buggy side and talk about Google short names as there's now a bug in Google short names. There's a technical issue here with some short names in Google My Business where they are not working. People initially thought they were suspended, but it is just a bug. So if a, your short name is not working, don't fear. It should be resolved shortly. And we're going to keep it in the arthropod phylum here talking about more indexing issues for some publishers. Google News has some issues that are surfacing in the forums. 
seem to be on the German side of things, a lot of .de sites, but these publishers simply could not be found in the index. They just didn't show up. Who knows what's happening? Again, I didn't see anything specific on the U.S. side. If you're a publisher and you aren't looking at your analytics, go look and see if your traffic fell off a cliff because you're not being indexed now. The good news is, though, there's an Easter egg that happened for Wimbledon Tennis. So if you're a fan of Wimbledon Tennis, you could have gone and played tennis when you checked the Wimbledon scores. It's a little game right on Google. So if you're not indexed, go play that game, try out that Easter egg, and enjoy yourself. All right, and last up this week, an article from the Wall Street Journal. i got to pinch myself sometimes. This is actually from the Wall Street Journal, from Christopher Mims. The article is called, Yes, You Actually Should Be Using Emojis at Work. Yeah, you should. Did you read this article, Shep? Yes. I didn't. <laughs> because I read the first paragraph, and I, could, I just couldn't do it anymore. And the first paragraph read, At first, Merrick Nowak, a 32-year-old engineer at enterprise cloud software company Circle CI, was skeptical of using emojis when communicating with colleagues. Now, whenever he posts the minutes of his team meetings in Slack, he precedes them with a custom emoji of a teddy bear giving a hug. And I checked out. What I did do, though, Shep, as I went through the rest of the article, how many emojis do you think Christopher used in the article itself? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Christopher, you're at work. I presume you're an That's author. A good point. You're at work, Christopher. Please use your emojis in your story in the Wall Street Journal. It's incredible. We use them internally in Slack, and it's kind of nice. If I put a cartwheel, it means that I read what you wrote in Slack, and I acknowledge it. Well, Shep, you actually should be using emojis at work. We also use the avocado as thanks, so you don't have to write out thanks. I didn't know that. Why do you use the avocado as thanks? From the vine. You've never seen that? <laughs> it's an avocado. No, I'm a tick, 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 guy. <laughs> And that brings us to our real-life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working. Where we talk about what is going on in our IRL work. Good. Bad. Or otherwise this week. Shep, what's been happening with your accounts lately? So a really great tool that I use that works very hard is the GTM copy-paste Chrome extension. Okay. It's awesome. I didn't know about it until a couple months ago. And it allows you to copy your tags, triggers, and variables from one container into the other. And when you have it installed, you just have to right-click on any of those things in your GTM account, and you can copy them into another GTM account. So you can have both windows open. You can copy multiple at once and have them all in there and paste them all after. It's really amazing. And it saves a lot of time, especially for things that we have We have tracking on multiple sites. Like we always have time on page. We always do scroll depth. Um, text copy is a big one. Social clicks, PDF views. And you can just copy and paste them from one container to the other. I remember before we had this, we had like a folder in the marketing mm -hmm. folder with instructions for how to do time on page tracking. And it was a lot of work. And this is so easy. All I right. And so what I've got in my accounts this week is I was looking at just a general remarketing display. I think this was pay for conversions, something I didn't really care about a lot because if we get a conversion, it's fine. We pay X amount for it. And I was looking to see the performance. And I noticed that a few we had a responsive display ad in there, or RDA for short. We also had some old responsive ads in there, the older ad type. And I hadn't seen this before. I hadn't heard anybody talk about it before. But Google is giving you some warnings now on any of the old responsive ads. They're saying the ads run are editable, ads can migrate on edit, 
ads can run but can't be edited and ads can run that can't be edited. Like these are just stuck. It allows you really easily if you have that option to say responsive ad converts with edit. You can convert it right into a responsive display ad and add more imagery, add additional logos if you want, additional copy. And it makes it really, really easy. Or you can just convert the whole thing. So I didn't know that that was that easy to just convert things. I test it out. It's really nice. It's awesome. And it's a nice way for you to take that step to now have no excuse to turn your responsive ads into responsive display ads. And I see way better deliverers with responsive display ads as well. That's awesome. That is working hard this week. We're so positive this week. I know. All (laughs) right. Well, hold your horses. (laughs) It's now time for this week's W-T-H. And this week's W-T-H comes from CNN. And the title of the article on CNN is, You Can Rent a Night Stay in an Oscar Mayer Wienermobile on Airbnb. And my initial thought is, A, how much does it cost? It's less than $200 a night. Is it? Because I couldn't actually book it because I missed it. So I couldn't see the dates. It's less than $200 a night. So think of that before you make any of your criticisms. And this is a one-bed, one-bath Wienermobile. It's literally the Wienermobile part. And it's I don't a- think you can drive it. It was not in the rules you could, were able to drive it. Yeah. If you could drive it, it'd be a little different. That seems like a liability. You can, can, I could not drive it based off the rules. But my thought is, what's wrong with people? <laughs> you know, like, when is the last time you were eating, like, a... a a nice fresh bologna sandwich, and you're like, you know what I'd really enjoy? Maybe just staying over in the Wienermobile. What is it? What is going <laughs> on? A cool people? thing to say you did. Okay, I disagree because <laughs> it's Oscar Mayer. Mm-hmm. It's not even like a good hot no, dog. No, I prefer Wardinsky's. Well, there's a lot of things I prefer. I mean, it's 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 the lowest level hot dog, right? <laughs> Isn't it? Wow, that is a hot take. I don't think this is a hot take. Especially a boiled Oscar Mayer, that would be bad. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> but it also reminds me, I think last month, Taco Bell had announced a partnership where they're having the Taco Bell Hotel and sold out the first day. These are just things, that if you had Steve Harvey in front of me, and I was on Family Feud, and you had to say, what brands do you think could sell something out the fastest for an overnight stay? It would take me years before I got to yeah. Oscar Mayer. And Taco, and Taco Bell. <laughs> like, that's, I do not want to sleep around. Taco Bell is great for what it is. But it's nothing I'm like, oh, I just really enjoy sleeping in here. <laughs> I can't. They're like, breakfast is room service from Taco Bell. That sounds horrible. Yes. So anyway, this WTH is cringeworthy for me for a few reasons. One, it's the name. It's also got that, that kind of douchey high school vibe to it where you're like, how you, how are you getting to the party tonight? Oh, like, the oh, Wienermobile. You know, Chad's coming with the Wienermobile. It's like, ah, don't need that. Second, the fabrics in there. Did you look at the fabrics? I did. Okay. Are you talking about the carpeting? The fabrics didn't seem very washable. <laughs> like the headboard is right, your heads are right on the couches. Yeah. It doesn't seem very washable. Wow. Are you and, one of those people who doesn't take your shoes off in hotel rooms? I, I think it depends on the hotel room. Yeah, it varies. But I don't, I don't want a non-washable Wienermobile fabric around my the head. The carpets looked like uh, the Regal Cinema carpets. 
from like the 80s for the ones that haven't been updated yet. Like I think they installed these in the 80s. It looked like a paintball match. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would wear my shoes in the Wienermobile. I would not take them off. Okay, another thing. I remember back in February, Oscar Mayer had a call out for interns to drive Wienermobiles. That's not something I want. It's like, oh, yeah, let's just hang out in the residue yeah. of six months of, of interns, you know, driving around the country in this fake car it's not it's not something i strive for yeah well this article actually sent me down a rabbit hole and i guess it's a job for people like their first year out of college you can just drop everything and drive the wienermobile for a year and they get really sweet sweet names too oh yeah ketchup kyle ketchup kyle yeah (laughs) mustard mike (laughs) dream big kids the other thing is there was no pictures of this bathroom and based on my calculations, oh, you folded the bed point. out. And I think if you scooch down a little too far, your foot would hit the door in this bathroom. There was nothing in this bathroom. I don't even see that there was a bathroom in there. It said yes, that? one bathroom. Are you sure it wasn't like across that little no, fake patio they had set up? it was up? past one of the cases <laughs> in between the captain's chairs, the ketchup and mustard captain's chairs. There. Oh, my gosh. It also said there was no Wi-Fi. So it, yeah, it kind of sounds like a scary movie Wi-Fi. Like, you're actually a traveling hot dog. Like, how to get Wi-Fi in there? And then the other thing is, from the rules in the Airbnb, they said, you must love Oscar Mayer hot dogs, obviously. Get out of here. So I got no mustard and definitely no ketchup on the furniture, but plenty on your dogs, as you please. Oh, my God. And then you can only have six people stay outside the Wienermobile, at the Wienermobile, they said. It looked like it slept too, not even. At the Wienermobile. So they've got that little outdoor spot. Everyone's just, oh, you could only have yeah, people there. dog town outside there. It's like in college, they had the 2N plus 1 rule for your parties. You, you could only have two times the amount of people that lived in the room plus one in the room at a time. 2N plus 1. I don't know if you heard that. I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else you had on the decor? Are you, staying, are you booking a night? I'm not. But like I said, I'm not an Oscar Mayer aficionado. This article made me feel like there were a lot of people that were really into it. So I was thinking they would. But now you're saying they're the worst hot dogs of all time. So I, just, I didn't say they're the worst. I just <laughs> said they're not a good hot dog. You, nobody's like, wakes up in the morning. It's like, oh, I'd like a yeah, I'm Oscar Yeah, it kind of looks scary. I don't want to be sleeping in a hot dog in the middle of a parking lot. Like, how do you know what the <laughs> security's like? And there's the windows are so open. There's no blinds. You're going to wake up in the morning. The light's going to come streaming in crack of dawn that's not the kind of lifestyle i want i love it all right so wth all right and that brings us to this week's cool tool as a reminder our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention we're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and this week's cool tool is trend which can be found at trend.co it's Wait, spelled is with it? two n's okay yeah because it can't be one n Oh, never. Even trend.co, spelled correctly, is already taken. Oh, it is? I mean, I'd imagine. It's just really bad at marketing. So you can find that link in our show notes, but it is two N's. Oh, two N plus one. And the site illustrates what they call exploding trends in search from different time periods. You can check the past three months to the past 15 years, and then they have different time periods in between. It continuously monitors the web for interesting keywords and topics and then classifies them using Google Trends data. So, for example, I looked at the last three months, which is the shortest time frame you could look at, and the top categories were White Claw. I'm a big fan of White Claw and Truly. Cricket World Cup, 
bottle top challenge, stranger things, stranger things again as a keyword, and the Women's World Cup. So that's, those have been the biggest exploding trends. They've had the most growth from search over the past three months. So users can also add trends themselves to monitor and people can, we can watch this together and see how the trends are growing. And this is just good for marketers to monitor search trends and uncover new opportunities based on what people are looking for out there. Yeah, and it doesn't seem fully baked at the moment, but the fact you can hop into sports and see things within the sports realm, if those categories continue to build out, it could be a really valuable tool to see what's up and coming for brands. So Exactly. I like that. And now to our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, an article so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And first up, we've got an honorable mention from AREFs, AHREFs. And the way I think about it all the time, I like the fancy way you'd say it, uh-huh, refs. Ooh. But it's really HREFs. And it's from Helen Stark. And over at HREFs, they're very critical folks, and they put out an article called The 12 Best Marketing Podcasts to Make You a Better Marketer. <gasps> Shep, guess who was number seven? Was it Marketing O'Clock? It was Marketing O'Clock. <laughs> so I guess that makes us a critically acclaimed podcast. Then. Yeah, it does. We Lucky start, number seven. We need to start using that, critically acclaimed. Shooting so, our own horn over here. Yes, that's all we do. <laughs> but thank you in, in reality to all the folks who support and listen to us every week. You guys are the best. It's so awesome hearing how much you like the show. And now on to toot somebody else's horn, the real must-read marketing article of the week, Online to Offline Attribution Made Simple by Michael Wiegand of Portent. And he puts through a detailed article, and that's how you know it's good. When it's made simple and it's still long, that's how you know he broke something down really well. And he grabbed random, unique identifier cookies, shows how to pass them into Google Analytics, and then take those random, unique identifier cookies and pass them into your CRM. And then how you can match those up, join the two using Google Data Studio. So you take your offline leads, you connect them to Ruid's random, unique identifier cookies, and you match them up with Data Studio. And then that way, you can join forces and see the full gamut of everything. People that came via offline metrics and then people that came online and connect the two. It was a great write-up. Thank you, Michael. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And now it's time for this week's Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week, Shep, you have your own game I you bring do. into the show. I don't know if you heard, Greg, but it's Christmas in July on QVC right now. That's everybody's favorite game. Christmas in July on QVC. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they're doing like a bunch of sales all month. It's just been so amazing to watch. And I thought we could play a fun game where I give you some items that they're selling and you guess the price. Okay. Little did you know that maybe three, four weeks ago when you were on with Jess... You had talked about a problem you had with eBay. 
not knowing the sale prices of Barbies. <laughs> so I knew you had a game. So I prepared a game to combat your game called oh. Guess the eBay Barbie Buying Price. Oh, my God. And there's a way on eBay <laughs> that you can go and you don't look at what's listed. You hit sold items and you can see how much something sold for. So I have sold items on eBay that are Barbies. This is going to be very helpful to me. Okay. Okay. So am so, I going first? Yeah, we're going back and forth. Barbies against Christmas in July. Okay. So your first item from QVC is a 14-inch peg leg pirate with flag nutcracker by Santa's Workshop. Ooh, 14 inches. I'll give you some details. Okay. This pirate nutcracker is a fun addition to your holiday home. Oh, wait. I have my answer now. That was You gave too much. 14 inches. I'm guessing it's wood. It's got to crack a nut. I'm going with thirty six ninety five. The price is forty two dollars plus shipping and handling. So I win. I'm within five. Yep, you got that one. We'll just add five cents to my total. But okay, so your first Barbie, you're guessing the Millennium Princess Barbie, including shipping. Okay, this is one I have. I'm gonna say fifty two forty seven. Twenty five dollars. Oh wah, no! wah. It was more expensive when you bought it in two thousand. They just flooded the market. Oh, I guess I'll hold on to it. Hold on to it. Maybe in uh, the year 3000, it'll be worth more. Okay, your next item. This is my personal favorite. Mr. Christmas indoor-outdoor motion-activated holiday kickers. Place these kicking legs in your bushes, trees, or other outdoor landscaping and bring holiday humor and whimsy to your yard this year from Mr. Christmas. I have some details here. Wait, is the whimsy guaranteed or no? It's guaranteed. Okay, that's different. It's literally a, a piece of something with two legs okay, on the end bush. kicking back and forth. You have to watch the video. That's funny, though. Requires so three AA batteries not included. Oh, it's not, not a lot. Not, you don't plug it in. No. Okay. And this item sold out. I was going to say $50, but because it's battery operated, I'm dropping it. And I'm dropping it substantially. I'm going twenty nine ninety five. You're off. Thirty nine ninety six available on three easy payments. I mean, hopefully you don't need the easy payments for your bush kicking legs, but okay. <laughs> I think it's quite a steal. Okay, next up for the Barbie contest: vintage blonde Barbie ponytail, number <laughs> one, with the metal box, the Wait, hoop earrings, the stand. This is from the the 40s. original okay. Barbie. I know her. Blonde. There's a difference. Okay. In the box. There is a box. It's not new in box. It's there's okay. a box. I'm going to say $263. dollars $6,500. <gasps> You're way off. <clears throat> you should have got those. What were you doing with the millenniums? That's when I was a child. It's oh, not okay. the other one. Okay. Wait, what do you have next? <laughs> okay. So your final item. This is a food item. Beatrice Bakery, three-pound grandma's fruit and nut ring fruitcake. Made from the same old-world recipe brought over from Germany, this grandma's fruit and nut cake is perfect for gifting right, and <clears> entertaining. Point of clarification. Point of, was the fruitcake brought over from Germany or was a recipe brought over from Germany? I don't know, but either way, they have to sh ship the cake to your house. But was the, is, it, is the cake literally from Germany no, or is that just where the recipe the recipe. Okay, well then I'm, I'm cutting it down a few shekels here then. Made with bourbon, premium dark rum, and 84-proof brandy. I didn't know there was booze and fruitcake. Filled with pineapple, plum, raisins, glazed cherries, crunchy pecans, English walnuts, and almonds. Also, that's not something anybody ever wanted. 
where you're just like, oh, you know what? My bread. Can you put some 84 proof brandy in there? Like, I just need some brandy at this time in and my bread. This item ships at Christmas. You order it now, they won't ship it until you'll get it for your Christmas party. Okay, so I just took a couple bucks off. You shouldn't give me that information. I'm going to say no. That's, that's convenient. You pay for it now, you entertain later. Are you working for QVC here? Is there something I don't know? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say 1995. 39.95. What is everything 39.95 over there? <laughs> You're learning their secrets. Well, I've got three more. So I'm going to do them really quick. Okay. Lightning round. The new inbox Camp Barbie Skipper Doll with accessories 1993 Mattel Outdoors Camping Vacation Barbie. It's just the doll? New inbox. It it's comes got with a her tent. camper? A tent. I know. Oh, it's just a tent. I think so. Oh, I wish I had the camper. The camper is different. 1993. Yes. Well, if my holiday Barbie from 2000 isn't worth that much, I'm going to say $147. 99 cents. <gasps> Do you want to keep going or are we done? I should have known You're pretty that. bad at this. I you should've. can be done if you want. This is why I can't sell my Barbies. This is. Okay, Mattel, 1981 Snow Princessa Barbie doll. Is she in a gown? I don't know. I think like a, a like a hoodie. I need to know if she's a holiday Barbie. You don't know? No holiday. Okay. I'm going to... Okay, she's cheap. Two bucks. $2,500. And from the <laughs> listing itself, it says, an excellent rare piece. <laughs> if you're looking at this, then you know what it is. And it's sold. $2,500. Why is she so expensive? Okay. And lastly, the McDonald's. There's a NASCAR official 94, 1999 Barbie doll. She's got the McDonald's racing stuff, a little helmet, McDonald's helmet on her side. How much do you think it's worth? $1,500. $500. So you should have, (laughs) back in 1999, send a message back to, to past you and get the, get the, NASCAR official number 94 Barbie doll instead of the Millennium Princess, and you'll be a millionaire right now. I could have bought so many more Barbies. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week.